Hey, welcome to episode 87 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles. It's just amazing. Time goes by so quickly, you feel like you just did an episode and it's already time for another one. Anyways, Patrick Waugh looks like he has found a perfect home and is working for the perfect general manager in New York with the Islanders, with Lou Lamorello. That just seems to be like, if he came back, what would be a perfect scenario for him? That would be it. And what makes it unique is New York certainly is a media magnet like no other, but he can actually, and when I say he, Patrick Waugh, can blend in unlike he would be able to do anywhere in Canada. Everybody would just recognize him right off the bat. Everybody would just want to talk to him, dominate his time. And I'm not saying he doesn't want to do that and he doesn't love his fans. He does. But I think New York is the perfect place for Waugh. I think he'll be able to blend in. He'll work in a big market prime time media focused but for Lou Lamorello will be a perfect match to work for for him Lou has the perfect personality definitely has a lot of experience Patrick and Lou will know where each other stands all the time he has definitely brought his energy and passion already to the team the team looks very very different and although a lot of people thought this was an unusual time for a change or an unusual way to let go of an existing coach one only has to remember when Lou Lamorello was the general manager of the New Jersey Devils eight games left in the season he brought in Larry Robinson behind the bench they won the Stanley Cup now I'm not saying Patrick Waugh is going to win the Stanley Cup in his first year but I wish him absolutely the best and hopefully this return to the NHL coaching tree if you will for Patrick Waugh will finally bring closure to something that has just been dragged out for years and just unfortunately dramatized it would be so much better if drama was devoid in virtually everything now speaking of drama and moving from Patrick Waugh's situation and his great new hire in New York is the Ottawa Senators what is going on with that team that team should be two to three years ahead of other teams that are currently rebuilding such as the montreal canadians and should be way further ahead in their development and although dj smith was fired and jacques martin was brought in i'm not seeing a whole heck of a lot of difference I mean, maybe there's little things happening and stuff like that, but their winning ways are not lighting it up and lighting anybody on fire yet. They still look totally disorganized. They still look like they lack team direction. They still look like they lack chemistry. They still look like they lack cohesion as a team. Sometimes certain players have a great night. Sometimes there's more players that have a good night than other nights, and they win on those occasions. Most nights, they look like they're running around. They really do. They got a really fundamental problem in Ottawa. Their new owner, Michael Anlauer, is going to be and is already a great owner and has brought complete stability to that team. The additions of Steve Steos as president of hockey operations and Dave Poulin's hire as senior VP of op- hockey operations have been fantastic additions to the team. Absolutely no question about it. It continues to, from that level, provide direction. But that direction that those three men are providing needs to filter down to the ice. And that has yet to happen with even remote consistency. They just look like they're running around with their heads cut off. They have got no idea. And sometimes a fight within a game will bring the team together. 
Other nights, they look like they've checked out. They look like they're going to the movies as a group of people just attending the favorite movie that everybody wanted to see together. And the whole team concept is just lost. And what's strange about that is Ottawa has drafted really, really good prospects. And I'm not going to get into any of the arguments or discussions as far as whether they should have drafted this player or that player. Most of their picks have turned out really well. So they've scouted and drafted well. Once they get that to the team in Ottawa or in their AHL affiliate, for some reason, development seems to be a real major issue for that organization. And I don't understand why. I don't know if they need to broaden their development staff, similar to like what Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon has done in Montreal, where they brought in a whole staff to evaluate their players and work with them. Maybe they need some individual coaches to work with individual players to bring them up to their abilities. But so far, that development has not happened in a way that translates to the ice very well. And as we're talking about the Montreal Canadiens and what Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon has done versus Ottawa and things like that, Montreal has decided to mutually part ways with a prospect, left defensive prospect, Nicholas Bodine, have agreed to terminate his contract. It's unfortunate because I'm sure there's a lot of locals that's like, oh my god, another French Canadian is gone from the organization. That hopefully is the least concerning. Unfortunately for Nicholas Bodine, he joined the organization at a time where if they got a lot of talent in one position, either already that exists on the NHL roster or that's coming up, defense has got to be that position. You've already got the likes of Arbor Jacki, Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, Jonathan Kovacevic, all made the team last year. You've got Justin Baran, you've got David Reinbacher, you've got Adam Engstrom, you've got Lane Hudson, you've got Logan Mylou. I mean, there is just a ton of defense there. And unfortunately for Nicholas Bodine, and as well as some other prospects maybe defensively, I don't think there's going to be room. And for that reason, I don't think you're going to see Montreal unless there's just a great prospect that falls into their lap that's too good to pass up. I would be surprised this year if Montreal drafts any defenseman. And there's a possibility, especially with a player like Sam Dicker would be one that would come to mind. Big six foot three left-handed defenseman can shut down the other opposition's best, can steal the puck, great transition game, already over 200 pounds, but you already have David Reinbacher, Logan Mylou, Caden Gooley, many others. You only got so many roster spots. I mean, unless you're going to start drafting these guys, they're too good to pass up and use them specifically as leverage chicks or God forbid somebody actually gets injured, either leverage chips or injuries have got to be the only two reasons that you would continue to draft defense at this point before some time goes by because there's just not going to be any room for them. There's going to be no upward mobility or transition within the organization. That being said, that's why I fully expect Montreal to go offense and goaltending, even though Jacob Fowler has looked fantastic at Boston College, and I think they've got a real, not just diamond in the rough, but they drafted a real gem that maybe wasn't quite important enough for people to draft prior to the 69th position in the third round in the 2023 draft. But a lot of teams are going to wish they didn't lose out on him because if he continues to progress like he is at Boston College, that's very exciting news for Montreal in goal because that gives them their next bona fide starter. Notice I didn't say superstar or someone in the Ken Dryden or Carey Price mold. I'm not even going there as that's just completely insane to put 
that kind of level of pressure on anybody. In other recent Canadian prospect news, it's been great to see Lucas Kandata make the team. Although it was a short, brief stay, he didn't look out of place, and he brought something to the Montreal Canadiens that they continue to need, and that is size. He plays a solid two-way game. He was a captain at Lowell, Mass., in college he brings a physical presence and energy to the team i think he'd be a great fourth line center with michael pozzetta on the left wing i think that would make for a type of fourth line montreal has not seen since the 70s and i'm going to forego mentioning any other player names from that era where people are going to say oh my god he's comparing michael pozzetta to fill in the blank and i'm not going to do that to anybody but that is a really good fourth line center i think for montreal as their stars if you will of the future and currently rising will need more ice time that is exactly the type of fourth line contributing player that you're looking for and his attitude is absolutely amazing if you've heard any of his interviews with anybody well with that said it looks like the trade season has gotten underway a bit early or earlier than some people thought of as the vancouver canucks have acquired elias lindholm from the calgary flames and vancouver paid a hefty price some people will say they paid too much But Vancouver seems to have become a team that is a legit contender. They've had a great season, not kind of a great season, not on fire here and there. They have been for real all year long. And they look to be a team that could be for real for several seasons in a row. So as you look at what Calgary received in return, they got a 2024 first round draft pick as well as a conditional fourth round pick in the 2024 draft and they got several good ready to go roster edition prospects right now that's a good thing that's good for calgary they need players on their roster as they're trading away other ones they are in a state of transition as to what level of trading calgary does it'll be interesting to see if this was the big trade or if this is just them beginning to open up the vault if you will and less than 48 hours later the montreal canadians have traded center or maybe he should be called forward because he can play virtually any forward position at any time up and down the line veteran sean monahan and i know that's probably going to cause a lot of conflict some good and some bad for a lot of people because there were people on the oh my god we've got to resign sean monahan he's too valuable sean monahan signed his contract this offseason i think as a favor to kent hughes and what i mean by that is kent hughes acquired him last year believed in him enough made him feel at home didn't make him feel like an outsider the canadians rolled out the carpeting for him and he felt very content in montreal i think that had a huge impact on the willingness this offseason to sign that less than two million dollar one-year contract which by the way people seem to think there's a stipulation within that that's like new news that was announced when he signed that contract by the way that he would be traded to a contending team that he would actually have a preference to go to might not be the team but a list of teams that he submits that he would like to go to or geographical areas that he would prefer he'd be traded to for some reason people are like oh that's new news that's not new news that was announced when he signed that contract but anyways they have traded him to the winnipeg jets and the winnipeg jets have sent their first round pick in the 2024 draft to the montreal canadians and a conditional pick in the 2027 nhl draft in the third round if winnipeg wins the stanley cup 
Now I got to look at that and say, well, you know what? That's going to turn out like the trade with Tampa for Jonathan Drouin because there was a second round pick that Montreal also sent with the prospect. And I have to think this trade between Montreal and Winnipeg is almost going to be a carbon copy of the Tampa trade when Montreal sent a second round pick and defensive prospect Mikhail Sergachev to Tampa for Jonathan Drouin. And the stipulation there was if the prospect by Montreal, Sergachev, played more than 40 games, then Montreal didn't have to send the second round pick. Sergachev, of course, went on to play 70-some games that year, so Montreal never lost the second pick in that trade. I gotta think this trade for Monaghan to Winnipeg plays out similar. Montreal obviously would get the 2024 first round pick, Let's see if the Winnipeg Jets win the Stanley Cup. I wish it well. I hope they do. They never have. It would be great for Canada. I am so ready to see Canadian teams win the Stanley Cup again. And we'll see if everything actually comes together so Montreal ends up with actually getting that third round selection in the 2027 NHL draft. That's a remain to be seen. And speaking of movement and things changing in the NHL, let's talk about coaches as that carousel continues to evolve this year. We can now add Todd McClellan from Los Angeles to the list that includes Jay Woodcroft, Dean Evason, Craig Berube, and DJ Smith, as he has been removed as coach in Los Angeles. Obviously, Los Angeles has had enough of their slide in the month of January, that although at one point in time their VP and GM said he wasn't going to make a move, turns out to be the coach has been removed from Los Angeles. And I have a feeling there's still more coaches that are going to be let go. And of course, one other coach that has departed that I should not forget about is Lane Lambert, who of course was replaced by Patrick Waugh on the island in New York. So that's a fair amount of head coaches that have already gone. So I don't think the coaching change or the coaching revolving door is over yet. I think there's still more to come. And out of this list, I think there's one coach from this list that the Ottawa Senators might want to take a look at and perhaps being the type of player that he was before being a head coach, Craig Berube might just be able to instill that team chemistry, all for one, one for all, play as a group, play for one another mentality. He might be the one that can install that in Ottawa. I don't know if Ottawa right now wants to take a chance in having an unproven or first-time coach. They might want somebody with some experience that can get that team galvanized is the first thing they need to do and get them playing as a cohesive unit. Hey, on that note, thanks again for tuning into episode 87 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Stiles. Have a fantastic weekend.